tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Happy birthday, Xavier Guerrero. Happy birthday, Sequential Sesumanos, Chicos, Mama Tacos. I don't know that song. I know happy birthday to one. you. I don't know Chicha yeah. Mama Tacos or whatever you yeah, said. Dude, Xavier knows what I'm talking about. It's an uh, old, he was close. He was close. It's an old uh, deep in the burials singing <laughs> thing. Happy birthday, buddy. How old are you? 29. Damn! Xavier Guerrero is 29 years old, bro. Hey, congratulations. Thank I need you, another lap. You. What'd you do for your birthday, buddy? Just hang out in sushi. Nothing crazy. That's I had a crazy it, weekend with you. Yeah, I had a crazy weekend with you. I was I needed some sleep. Oh, that's it, dude. That's how you know you're already getting old, bro. Yeah. Starting to die. At 30, you're a young you man dying. was young man would wow, dude. I'm 20 years older than you, huh? That's yep. unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable well happy birthday dude we love you very thank much you, you. you're a big part of the show i appreciate you you know when everybody else was calling me a piece of shit because the whole situation you came we were we were telling eddie bravo about how the whole thing happened like you know off the grid leaves ghosts me and then like i think i did like a week or two by myself it was train wreck shit <laughs> and then and then xavier guerrero's like hey I hear you need a co-host, dog. I'll do it, dog. And I'm like, okay, you're in. Show up this day. That was literally it. Yeah. That was literally I tell everybody, it. I, I thought there was going to be a test about how many towers went down on 9-11 or something. And he's like, nope, I just need someone to click buttons. I was like, I'm there. Yeah, and it's been downhill <laughs> since then. So yeah. thank you, Xavier. You're the best. I love you on the show, even, even when you're you. trying to fight sleeping. Thank you so much. <laughs> John, and on the Johnny Dyer, I introduce you. Nope. Johnny Wooder, J Nice, everybody. Happy birthday, actually. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for joining me. Big time. Jay Nice, how long are you on town for, bro? How I'm long back are you living the back frozen on, like, tundra? Sunday night, I think. Sunday night, you'll be back early enough to do the next show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, dude. Well, I'm glad you're joining us. Guys, uh, I, I don't know if I thank you, everybody who went to uh Long Beach and went to uh, uh, Bakersfield, thank you guys so much. It was great. We have some great shows. I want to thank everybody who sold out Redlands. Thank you so much. It was small room, but it's cool to sell it out. Small, small group of tickets. We love you. Uh, nobody bought tickets. See, here's the thing, right? When nobody buys tickets early, we end up, we had to keep everybody pack or like cancel the show and then it sells out and we can't do a second show. I would love to done a second show, but I asked them, do you want to do a second show? Like, we can't do it. Blah blah blah. But here we are. Very excited to do it. I'm so excited. I'm I'm by the time the show starts, we're recording this today. The show will be tonight. I will be on a 48 hour fast 
and I'm going to eat some pizza, dog. I'm going to eat a whole lot of pizza. Yeah, that shit shut down. I don't know why the tickets are there. There's no tickets. But more shows are coming. Dude, I'm so excited. February 19th. It is going to be glorious, brother. Glorious. Brian Callen, Sam Tripoli, Mano Imano, Super Debate Live, 5 p.m. show. We're going to do a pay-per-view on that, but you want to be in the room to feel the power of me Ooh, handing Where can that they get that pay-per-view? Hard loud. I'm sending that all up right now. So I'm sending it up right now. Live, live, live. You can watch it. And if it goes right, we'll start doing some tip or hat live pay-per-views. So you can get get some of that ass and enjoy that. So that is February 19th, two shows. We got a live pay-per-view, Conspiracy Social Club, the 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 the, the, the man dragon versus the fat dragon live on stage. And then there's a stand-up show after. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I know a lot of people think Brian's like a crazy person. First of all, he's the nicest dude ever. And second of all, he is one of the best comics working today, bar none. It's it's a, like he should be discussed as one of the greatest comics ever. And then the Hammer of the Gods tour comes again. Here we go. New Orleans on the 24th. Then on the 25th, we're in Nashville. And then on the 26th, we are in uh, Jefferson, Georgia. Come get weird. Grab your tickets now. Because if I don't sell tickets in your town, we're not coming back. But I would love to come and do not that I I mean, dude, I would do somebody's living room. But if nobody wants to see me, not gonna come back. I have zero problems. I'll do private shows. I don't give a shit. You want to hear about lizard people at your barbecue? Huh? You want me to be a, a, a kid's clown at your kid's party? I'm gonna drop some F bombs and probably use your, your cake as a prop as I dry hump it hard. Okay. Yeah. Right? But come get weird with me. Grab your tickets to Sam Big dude, let me tell you, dog. I'm making news, son. I'm moving. Oh, I'm moving shit. I can't announce it right now, but some big rock bin news might be being dropped very Ooh. quickly. So stay tuned. But you want to get on Rockfin now? R-O-K-F-I-N.com. That's R-O-K-F-I-N.com. All the premium content, all the bangers are there. I'm bringing all the savages. The Land of Misfit Toys, it's all there. Let's see who's at the top. Yeah, man. Jimmy Dore, Chrissy Meyer, primetime Alex Stein. Yeah, yeah. Guess who discovered that guy? This dude right here, blowing him up. We got everybody. Jason Burmese. I mean, they're all high impact is there. High impact. That guy had a huge channel on YouTube before they fucked with him. All the savages. Here, go up to channels. Just go up to channels. Click channels at the top. Go all the way up. No, other side. You see at the top, Xavier? Xavier doesn't know how to work it. There you go. Click it. There we go. We got Whitney Webb. We got the propaganda report. Look at that. We got them all, dude. Zero. My zero's there. Uh, Tim Fall Hack, Conspiracy Social Club. First look at Broken Sim. Empire Fires with Abby Martin's there. I mean, they're all the savages, the combo couch. They're there. I mean, all the savages are there. Uh, Kim Iverson, who I think is killing it right now. Ben, She's killed, right? Ben Aspen, go down. Apple's killing it. Yeah, they're all there, dude. So 
Mike Tracy there, Michael Tracy, Richard Grove, they're all there. Go check out rockfin.com. Here's the thing. $10, you get everybody's content. Not just one. Everybody's content. All. Josh Denny's on there. All the savages are there. So go support us, support you. Go to samdribbly.com. You can click all the banners. Click one of those banners. Subscribe. Help out. If you're looking for free shows, I have all my shows. Go to samtribbly.com. All you have to do is not only can you get my tickets there, not only can you get my premium content there, not only can you get the t-shirts there, go to timfallatshirts.com or akadeepwaters.com to get all my t-shirts. All my t-shirts are there. We got some new ones about to drop. Look at that. You click it. Look at the new one. there? Yeah, a new one. That one's done. That's a good shirt, right, Johnny? I like that. That's a good shirt. Right, it's like champion, but yeah. conspiracy. I like champion. Great shirt. It's all there. The my Beavis and Bud shirts there. The Unabomber's like there. Dares there. It's all there. Anti-vaccine. The uh, you know, look at that. I don't know why he doesn't have that. What are you looking for? Where's the loose yet? Look, he doesn't have right that there. name done. Yeah, but he doesn't have. It says Tim Fall had hoodie. Should say where's the loose? Disobey. Once upon a time on this flat earth. They're all there. Just go to timfallhattshirts.com and help out and rock. Give me the loose. The What's loose. that random kid doing there? What is that? Yeah, that's a children. That's a child. Oh, okay. Okay. We're getting them young, dude. Johnny. Conspiracy smoke shows. All there. Okay. All there. All there. Guys, I also have a lot of free shows. If you're looking for free shows before you come and support me on my, my premium content, you just go to samtribbly.com. Guess what? All the free shows are there. Tim Fall Hat, Broken Sim, Cash Daddies, Punch Drunk, Zero, Conspiracy Social Club, Union on the Unwanted. So much free content. All these are RSS feeds. And if you want to jump, I, listen, I'm not, not doing any more dropping bombs on social media to get kicked off. Go to the Telegram. That's where I drop all the bombs on Telegram. All the bombs. Eddie Bravo sends me something. Boom. You get it right there on the telegram. And all you got to do is go to samtribbly.com. Click the link. Bam. You're on the telegram. Anything else, guys? Nope. We're rocking. That's it. New uh, Broken Sam's out. Check it out. Rocking. We're rocking. Dude, we are crushing it. Crushing it. All the shows I feel like have been great. And this one's no doubt. I love her. She's She, uh... She ran anti-media that was taken down. Uh, she's great. Uh, this episode's with Carrie well- Weddler, and she's a killer. Enjoy the show. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. All right, guys, let's get into it. Very excited to have this next guest on. Uh, I've watched her YouTube videos when she uploaded YouTube videos. We'll get into that. Uh, all the time. Then I was, it was awesome to meet her at the inaugural float fest. And so we were, we were like, we got to make it happen. We got to make it happen. And finally, bam, here we are. Uh, she's the editor in chief of antimedia.org. She's a video producer, a censored journalist. Very excited to have her on. Please welcome Carrie Wedler. How are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm actually the former editor-in-chief of the I knew that as soon as I said that. I'm like, <laughs> I should have asked if that was I know. still going on. It sounds so good to make it present tense, but I'm not. <laughs> I mean, in spirit, I am. I am. But uh, Well, that's not. great. 
you were doing it and that was a great website to be a part of. And now you're doing your own thing and we'll get into everything you're going on. Uh, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? Sure. So I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. I was very much a Democrat, an Obama supporter. And in the summer of 2011, which is quite a while ago now, I became disillusioned with Barack Obama for many reasons, which I've documented in a lot of my videos. But I sort of landed on the scene after becoming a Ron Paul supporter. He radicalized me. I then blowtorched my Obama shirt, and that sort of sent me into the internet public they banished you. And <laughs> they did eventually. Yeah, I got some good years before they did just, you know, cancel me everywhere on all these social media platforms. But and to clarify, I was personally banned on Twitter. They banned the anti-media on both Facebook and Twitter in the same day in 2018, right before the midterms. But I had gone from YouTube videos to editor in chief of the anti-media. Now I'm back to YouTube videos. <laughs> and I do a lot of, you know, I edit anarchist books and I'm involved in the editorial side of hopefully changing and elevating consciousness. Yeah, I love that. And we'll get into some of that as well. You're definitely in the mix. Hold on one second. Okay. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about American Home Shield. So listen, for 50 years, American Home Shield has protected household budgets from the unexpected, like a dryer that won't dry or an AC that's lost its cool. In fact, they've helped cover the cost of repairs or replace parts for over 20 home systems and appliances when they wear out, no matter how old they are. Service fees, limitation, exclusions apply. See, de see plan for details, okay? If American Home Shield can't repair the covered item, they'll replace, okay? Electronic coverage available for a limited number of eligible items like smartwatches, flat TVs, and more, okay? Options include roof leak repair and pool and spa coverage, okay? Coverage available no matter how old your system and appliances are, all right? It's very simple. So here's what's going to happen, guys. I know I have problems with my appliances, and I know I would love to have American Home Shield help me cover these costs because you never know when something's going to break down. Doesn't that seem like this realm? huh? When everything's going good, things get maybe getting a little tight, I don't know, money-wise, then boom, something hits. You're like, why, God? I was just starting to rock and roll. And bam, thanks, American Home, home Cover shield you're gonna be able to cover those things okay very simple thank you american home shield so this is what we want you to do keep your home up and running and budget on track with american home shield right now tim Hat listeners aka the swarm can take 50 dollars off their most comprehensive plans ever okay go to ahs.com slash tinfoil now for $50 off. That's ahs.com slash tinfoil for $50 off any plan. Service fees, limitation, exclusions apply. See plan for details. That's American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. This is what happens when you record from home. It's true. Dogs <laughs> don't care about podcasts. Um, so you you definitely are, have been in the mix of uh, just the, the the awakening of people. I, I think people like you and I would put myself in a category with you uh, and us on this show. Uh, you know, we're kind of like we take the arrows. I know I know that a lot of people are focused on Joe Rogan 
right now, which is great. And, you know, I'll defend that guy as a personal friend and defend what he's doing to the death, literally to the death. Uh, but it takes people like you to uh, kind of be the first brave ones to step out and start calling out a lot of this globalist BS that's going on. And you've been doing it for a while. I know you have, I think, Jewish roots. I, I saw an episode you did on Israel. I thought that was very, very brave. And because especially in Los Angeles, which seems to be a real hubbub for that stuff. And, you know, there are people obviously out there that automatically associate criticism with Israel, with criticism of uh, the Jewish people as a whole and anti-Semitism, which is identity politics done purposefully to get you not to discuss it. So to be somebody who is part of the uh, the tribe and to uh, come out and talk about that is very brave, man. Have you always been this person? Have you always zigged? Well, you know, I'm a zigger while everybody else is zagging. So is, <laughs> have you always been like that? No, I was a zagger. I loved authority. Like, I don't, I think I just liked the validation I got in public school. Of like, well, if I do what the teacher says and I do it really well, I matter and I'm good and I'll get the praise. And I was raised, you know, by principled progressives, but nonetheless progressives who believe in government. So I've, I've gone quite a long way from where I started, you know, being a very enthusiastic Barack Obama supporter. And um, it took some good people really questioning my beliefs and not letting me just speak ignorantly because I didn't know what Barack Obama's voting record was. Come on. I just liked his words. So I had a few good people who were willing to challenge me and, and push me to question my beliefs. And then when I found Ron Paul, that that was the beginning of the end. And then when I saw what the media and the establishment did to Ron Paul, that was like the new beginning because I went from intense belief in the goodness of government and democracy to then seeing how the system actually works and and, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but freeing my mind from from those what I consider to be delusions and criticizing Israel came along with that. And it's funny because the entire video is criticizing Israel. And to this day, I still get people who like accuse me of being part of the Jew world order. And it's all this conspiracy I'm a part of to make it seem like I oppose Israel, but I'm really promoting it. It's unbelievable <laughs> what they go through and the, the dots they connect and. You know, you always hear like the left eats itself alive. Well, guess what? Conspiracy theorists do it as well. And they start calling out people and they just start connecting dots and it's all player hating stuff when it's just early. <laughs> I mean, I get there's just podcasts out there that are just trying to convince people I am a part of a secret society. You know, what kind of secret society does their podcast in front of a refrigerator <laughs> it's all part of the scam, man. You know, you gotta it's make like, it look authentic. Yeah, it's how deep does this psyop go and this connections? And it's just, it, it just the truth is that people are very unhappy where they are with uh, the product that they're putting out and the reception that they're getting. That they they can't come to grips with why somebody else might be able to, uh, you know um connect with people that maybe they are and they get they just get they, the, the only way that this person could be doing well and i'm not doing well is because they're part of some secret society in reality it's just you know it's like some people resonate some people don't some people have traction some people don't it's like i have buddies of mine that you know i would used to do shows with them and i would close out the shows now they're doing theaters or they're doing mass and square garden you just you just never know who 
I call it the Elvis factor. Who has it? Who doesn't? And right. this show's doing well, but it's not even close to what some of my good friends are doing that I love with all my heart. I don't go, oh, they're probably, you know, <laughs> right. I just know like how they operate and they're really smart people and they will really work hard. And it's just like, it's just super interesting that you would rather go after people. There's so many obvious shills and obvious uh, controlled opposition, you know, uh, agent provocateurs that you would have to be like di dissecting some uh, video and dissecting you know, uh, looking in some code to find <laughs> something that no one else sees just to try to resonate with people. So I totally understand what you're going through. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to get into. You, we, you, you have a, you're very passionate about law enforcement and what law enforcement's doing. I think that's very important. Uh, you know, I just saw a statistic. It was in a meme, so I haven't checked the numbers, <laughs> right? But uh, it said basically along the lines that the United States plays, pays more for law enforcement than the Chinese do for their military. And one other country that was, I think Russia pays for their military, which would make the U.S. the paying more for the number one foreign military and then the number one domestic military. What are your thoughts on what's going on right now with, you know, we have you know, defund the police, but then we have police brutality. What is your whole thoughts on that? Um, well, I hope that statistic isn't true, but unfortunately I would not be surprised if it is. Um, and so for me, it my opposition to law enforcement doesn't come from believing all cops are evil or bad. I, I think I used to believe that when I was first starting out, but I've kind of learned to see the gray area as far as the work I do, because I don't really have a choice. Like if I'm stuck in the black and white all the time, I'm not gonna have any friends mm. and I'm gonna be really frustrated constantly. So what I've learned or the conclusion I've come to isn't, I don't have a bias against every single police officer. My issue is with the profession itself and what it supports and what it enforces because politicians would just be losers scribbling words on paper if it weren't for the cops carrying guns willing to enforce it. And I used to be a progressive and my biggest issue is always peace. I was always against war. I don't like initiating violence on innocent people who haven't harmed you. And so that was sort of the position I came from that led me toward anarchism because anarchism is really just a rejection of initiation of the initiation of violence. And that's exactly how government functions. They're either making threats of violence or they're actually imposing violence. And so many of the problems we see today come as a result of people who are carrying guns for the government willing to enforce the edicts of politicians. I completely agree on that. So uh, I, I have a second amendment tattooed on my arm. Nice. Um, that's supposed <laughs> to be a shotgun. Uh, it looks nice. like something else, but it does look like a shotgun. Um, so, so I'm very pro second amendment uh, to the day I die. Right. But there's this movement on the left, like it, there's so much going on in the world right now. Like we, you know, every episode I'm on, every podcast episode I'm doing right now, all I can do is talk about Pluto. Pluto is rising in the house and what Pluto represents is death. And then oh, no. and the death, no, but the death of the old system mm. and the rebirth of the new system, right? And I, I, I believe in that because what we're seeing is, all, everything is being exposed for who they are. 
everybody's being exposed, whether it's politicians, talking heads, the system, it's everybody seeing what's going on. And the elites are freaking out. And what we're what we're seeing is this movement to disarm the U.S. population and allow the U.S. government to have a monopoly on violence. And that's what we're looking at. All the while, we have been told that the government commits violence against the people, and this is all wrong. So we had a year, 2019, of just burning down middle and lower class businesses and neighborhoods, and while our, our politicians, our Hollywood celebrities, all praised these Antifa, BLM people, Someone said BLM stands for buying lots of uh, mansions, right? Because that's all they're doing are buying mansions left and right. So we see this whole thing, this violence. And then, and then now we also have at the same time, you know, we were watching with uh, Bill Maher uh, where, you know, Johnny likes Bill Maher. I, I'll watch certain episodes if he's talking on subjects I want to hear his take on, but he had this one politician on, on um, his show, and this was the first ever Afro-Latino gay congressman. I mean, they are <laughs> just checking all the boxes here, right? <laughs> and everyone was talking about what the other lady was talking about with her. She's done with coronavirus. No one was talking about how dangerous this politician was and what he was talking about. Still putting out fake numbers about covid and then talking about how violence isn't, defunding the police isn't the problem, guns are the problem. And in particular, he talks about how illegal guns are being used in so many different uh, crimes, which to me is the end of the, the gun regulation thing. But what is your take on all of this about the defund the police and then the letting the, the government have the, 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 the monopoly on violence? Oh man, it's one of my greatest frustrations, especially having come from the left. It's weird because when I think back on when I had those ideologies or that ideology, I don't really, there isn't much rational memory of it. Like I don't, like I, it, so much of it was a blur and so much of it was just based in reactivity. But as I've come more toward anarchism and become very much a gun enthusiast, it's incredibly frustrating because I do think that most of the people protesting out in the streets, they, they meant well. And I'm, I very much resent uh, efforts from the right to designate every protester a looter and a rioter and collectivize people. And by the same token, it's so frustrating to see the left do that to gun owners, to see them do it to, even to cops, you know, because not, like I said, I don't believe in their profession. I think it's morally illegitimate, but not every single cop is out there intending to and seeking to just engage in wanton violence. I don't believe that's true either. I mean, I don't, I do not respect their authority in any way, but I, I think I'm, I'm just so frustrated by the collectivism. And it's, it's particularly frustrating when you see well-intended people on the left who really, they don't think they believe in violence. Of course they do because they need violence to enforce all their policies, but they've been misled. They've been propagandized. They've been in indoctrinated to believe that gun violence, like, well, that's what's so frustrating. I'm sitting here trying to like explain it and tease it out and it makes no sense. I always come to the, it's like, how could you possibly think you're opposed to violence and then think that the exact people you're accusing of engaging in it the most egregiously, the most unjustly, 
can be trusted to confiscate guns and to keep guns off the street. And then you look at, okay, well, why is there gun violence in the first place? It usually stems from government policy, whether it's the war on drugs, whether it's how they've created poverty. It always comes back to how the system has created the issues that then create conditions for people on the left and also people on the right to justify more government encroachment. And they're going to do that using guns. It is so interesting. And you, you, you nailed it right there. I mean, like, Again, going back to this Bill Maher interview, they just talked about this, uh, you know, how horrible the George Floyd situation was. And somebody lost their life. Okay, as a dude who used to do drugs, I had very low moments. And I would like to think because I was doing drugs, I didn't deserve to die. Uh, Derek Chauvin, uh, the dude was ODing and he did nothing to stop. You're an emergency responder. Your job is to get that guy somewhere where they could stop. The, 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 the OD. All right. That's what, we're, that's the whole point of it. Right. That's why you're in jail. You didn't do your job. You're a shady dude. You worked at a place where most likely the counterfeit money was coming through. That's how George Floyd has the counterfeit money. And that's why Derek Chauvin shows up because they know each other from work. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. Right. But what, again, this guy, they, you know, Bill Maher brings up, you know, George Floyd dying and sadness of that. And then this guy brings up, you know, getting rid of guns. Well, I go, if you get rid of guns, you're giving the people who killed George Floyd a monopoly on violence, thus, thus creating more George Floyd situations. And if we see what's going on in Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, right? These are people who've had their guns taken away. I know Canada has some guns and they'll be like, Canadians have more guns than Americans. Dude, you guys got false flag by uh, Justin Castro. They did a false flag uh, event and they took out all your high impact guns or uh, they took it. And I, people were complaining about it as, as it was happening. So they, they basically take it away and look what's happened to you guys. These, your leaders are acting like, Nothing has been discovered about COVID, the vaccine in the last two years, and they're trying to turn you into China. And you guys can do nothing about it because you have no guns. Well, and, and I that, think the oh, go ahead. Go on. Sorry, sorry. Go on. No, I was going to think what's so sad about it is that ultimately, whether they have guns or not, their minds have been manipulated to the point where even if they had the guns, I don't know if they bother revolting. You know, yeah, look I don't how long know. it took them. Look how long it took them to start protesting after, exactly. after how long they finally got the convoys. Now, after after they voted him back in. Right. Exactly. If, if that's even real, if that's even real here. That that's I don't even believe thing. that. I don't think just I mean, I was I was in Canada like years ago. People hate Trudeau and he wins. I mean, I guess Toronto liked him. But yeah, it's very interesting. Do you own guns? I believe it's very important to be able to defend yourself. Respect, respect, respect. So, as they so, say, when uh, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. Oh, that's that's a great saying. That's a it's great. It's not saying. mine, but I like it. Yeah. Guys, I want to take a moment to tell you about one of the greatest inventions of all time that changed history, that made humanity vibrate at a higher level. It's blue chew. That's right, man. American pills for Amer- Okay, let me start that again. Three, two. Guys, I want to tell you about one of the greatest innovations in mankind, in human history. It's called Blue Chew, and it's American boners for American men, for American women, or if you're into guys, then it's American men for American men doing American things. 
to American orifices, okay? That's what Blue Chew does. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form, okay? Chewable tablets for a fraction of the cost. Now, please don't do this at home, but when I get my Blue Chew, I chop it up and I gack it out. Makes me feel like I'm partying again, okay? And then what happens? Instant boner, okay? One time I showed the Blue Chew up my belt and I got hard faster, okay? It's much better that way. I was telling Johnny about that. Did you ever do it, Johnny? No. Hell yeah, thank you. You can take them anytime, day or night, all the time. I like to do something with my good friend, Xavier Guerrero. We play a game called Chicken Boner, okay? We take Blue Chew. We can see who can get the more inappropriate boner at the more inappropriate time. And guess what? Xavier wins every time because he gets yeah. them at Cancinitas, whatever those are called, yeah. okay? The process- in the airport? No, you don't need boners at Cancinitas or the airport. And we're at the airport. Dude, nothing's worse than riding with Xavier Guerrero when he's got a giant boner rocking that doesn't speak English, okay? Nothing's worse than a boner that speaks English as a second language, okay? The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive a prescription within days. Best part. No lines. It's all done online, okay? You know, no more doctor's office visits, no more awkward conversations, okay? Boom. No line at the pharmacy. Blue tube tablets are made in the USA. 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 And prepared and shipped to you directly and to your door in a discreet package. It's not mine. Mine comes with sparklers and fireworks. It says somebody's about to get lit the fuck up, man, okay? So this is what we're going to do, dude. For you guys, for a little more confidence in the bed, okay? You need a little bit more confidence with your performance? You can just go to Blue Chew. That's right. And we have a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout. And just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code TINFOIL, to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. All right. And we give... We get, want to give a big shout out to Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Go to bluechew.com, uh, use the promo code TINFOIL. So, 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 as an anarchist, do you believe there should be no law enforcement? I believe that the way we currently, I, I say we quite loosely, you know, the way that we as a person, you know, as a euphemism for the collective of humanity, I believe the way that we perceive authority and the way we believe that those in positions of authority have a right to enforce laws passed by a ruling class. I don't believe in that. I believe in rules, obviously. I believe in morals. It's just that so often legality is not the same thing as morality. And I don't think that if we had anarchy tomorrow, it would just be smooth sailing. What I advocate and what I hope for as a, I think an optimist, a cautious optimist, is that if we can change the way people relate to the idea of violent authority, this monopoly on violence, if we can take away the way it's been propagandized to something that's so civilized and compassionate and moral and really the peak of human civilization, because that's how it's portrayed to us, that's how we're raised to believe, oh, well, representative government is, that's it. There were kings and there were feudal lords, and now we're free because we can vote in an election and we can check a box and we can pick these authoritarian sociopaths to, so we can pretend that we're represented. So it's not that I have an, an, an issue with rules or even enforcing rules. It's that it's done in a way that is not consensual. Nobody consented to this system. Some people might like it, 
but nobody was ever asked like, hey, would you like to have your money taken to fund this system that we claim represents you when in fact we're really just exploiting you? So many people never consented, but there are people who would tell you they did. There are people who will tell me I did, even though I'm verbally saying, no, I don't consent. They'll be like, yeah, you did. You were born here. As if being born in a geographical location somehow means that I'm beholden to a, a violent ruling class. I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, outside of Joe Biden, I think Barack Obama and both Trump were both elected with the belief that, I mean, if we want to believe in elections, <laughs> which are super duper questionable, right? I mean, su- I mean, super duper questionable. They were both the, the groundswell behind them based on what, everybody was talking about the feel of the times was we're going to elect somebody in that's going to get us out of, of wars. Mm -hmm. Like we've, we've seen this. I mean, like we, before Biden, which, I mean, Johnny has some belief that maybe Biden won legitimately. I think that's the comedy portion of the show. (laughs) No, no, no. I, I think that you consistently underestimate how many people, believe that shit that's what i think especially in california especially on the coast man i you you seem to think that that there's some like overwhelming majority like a silent majority out there that's overwhelming and i really don't think i think so many people are just tuned out though that's what i always like like that are 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 woke or or turned on and and i mean i mean woke and like awake like like red pilled and i just i think so many people are just on autopilot and are pulling that lever for Democrats every time, especially on the coast, especially in California. And I mean, they're, let's be honest, their votes count more than the rest of ours. So I just think you underestimate you. You seem to think that there weren't a lot of Biden voters and, and there were, I, I still, I mean, it, you know, and I'm the person who said this from the beginning before the election, that it was rigged to, to get him in office, but I don't think you can possibly uh, it's, it's just, overstate it, I, how I'm like, dumb some people are. I know where Johnny's at. I knew a lot of people that voted for Biden, but they definitely didn't talk about it. They're very quiet about it. They just fucking went there and be like, I'm not voting for Orange Man. So, okay. But you guys think that 80 million people voted for this guy, even though any groundswell like that for anything woke never showed its face in any other place at any other time. What do you what do you want him to do though? I mean, they're they're not gonna get on the streets for Biden. He's not a he's not no. a charismatic guy. But the, where else did where else did we see any anything? Whether it's well, television, I mean, what were you gonna see movies, though? It was Sam, whatever. I mean the whole country. Where was does shut it down. go broke? What, the whole country was shut down, broke. dude. Those people all believe in staying indoors with their mask on. The whole country's shut down. They're doing mail voting. What were they gonna do? Johnny, Johnny, where does it? I, I, I just where would it show up? I'm asking you where anywhere, would it show up? where anywhere, no, but name anywhere, one place. just name anywhere, one just show me one place where Biden and whether it's on a YouTube video, you can watch YouTube from home, Johnny. Where, where's the YouTube video where Biden gets this giant number? Well, I, think, I think if anything, it's less that people cared about Biden and more that they were so terrified of Donald Trump because the media has been for four. And I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. I never voted for him. I have plenty of criticisms of him that the mainstream never cared about, of course. But the way that people have been propagandized and fear mongered, and I still think Trump's an authoritarian. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that he was right. Exactly. But I think people were like straight up phobic of Donald Trump because of the way they have been 
fear-mongered. And it's not just about Donald Trump. It's been through the COVID age, the way they have been constantly set into panic. And it's like their fear response is constantly activated, sorry, (laughs) constantly activated. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if that many people came out to vote simply out of fear of Trump and hating Trump so viscerally. It's like from the video or the movie version of 1984, where everybody's doing the two minute hate and they're just like raging and screaming and they're so into it. It really seems like so many Americans have been caught up in that. And I mean, it's on both sides, but in this context, we're talking about Democrats and people on the left and, you know, liberals, especially, you know, the more mainstream normie liberals. I think they, uh, I wouldn't underestimate, uh, especially when people, these are the exact people who claim they love democracy so much. I just wouldn't underestimate the number of people that would go out and believe they're genuinely doing their civic duty by voting for a quote lesser evil. I don't agree with any of this. I'm just saying I could see how I that totally understand what you're saying. I just <laughs> the optics, even if you're like they didn't go out, I just have not seen any groundswell for Joe Biden that has no. okay. Let's just even say that they mailed it in. Even the day after when he gets elected, his YouTube videos would be huge. Nobody's watching. Nobody. I mean, I, I'm not arguing with you guys. I am yelling at Johnny because it makes me feel good. Okay. All right. But I, I'm just t- like, you know, Whitney Webb came on and she was like, you know, it's like, this is meant to get us not to believe in the election, electoral process, which totally 100% uh, has worked. Nobody trusts election results. Mm-hmm. It's all about this cultural Marxism that they're they're getting us just to destroy us from the inside. What are your thoughts on cultural Marxism and all that? Are, are you do you, are you somebody who thinks that's an agenda being pushed right now? I think it's quite possible. It's not something I have studied in depth. I'll put that out there. But for me, it's it always comes down to like, well, Marxism wouldn't be so bad if it weren't for government. The issue comes when you're using government to impose your ideas. And not everybody's going to consent to that. And then all of a sudden you have kids in public school whose parents are uncomfortable with what they're being taught and they believe it's propaganda. That's a completely valid viewpoint. I just happen to also think that being forced to pledge allegiance to a piece of cloth for decades now is also propaganda, you know? So for me, I mean, as an anarchist, as someone I, you know, I'm just like an individualist anarchist. I don't really lean left or right. I support gun rights, but I don't think they come from the constitution. You know, I support free speech. I don't think it comes from the constitution. So for me, It's really just an issue of, are you using government force to jam this down people's throats? And that's definitely starting to happen. I think it comes from both sides. I am especially disturbed by the collectivism of what's coming out of the left. I, again, I think it comes from the right too, but it's been, especially in the age of COVID, it's been quite disturbing to see how many people have become very comfortable with the idea that we all belong to each other and we're all responsible for everybody else. I can see this being true and you know sure if we want to evolve consciousness yeah I I think it's important to care about other people but the way it's been conflated with government policy is quite disturbing because it's been such a slippery we already had authoritarianism but it's been so accelerated now and as always it's being done in the name of safety and protecting your fellow man and the collective so I think it just comes down to forced collectivism and a lot of a lot of it especially when it comes to the government is a lot of what if Right. What if this happens? What if that happens? Right. We can't allow this to happen. What if terrorists come here? 
If they come here, we're in trouble. So let's go commit genocide over there so we don't have to fight it here. What did the hospitals get overflowed? So let's make let's let's violate the Nuremberg Code and make everybody get this. If you want to believe the narrative, this is extremely experimental drug. Let's make everybody do it. But don't call us Nazis because that's not we're not Nazis. We just care about what if the hospitals and the hospitals will get overran. What if? And that's everything is what if why in real time people are losing their rights left and right and left and right. And we're and it so much of this comes down to the Fed. The Fed is just funding all of this stuff. They couldn't get away with it if they knew that they if they didn't know that monopoly money was coming to bail them out. Right. And I love that you brought up the hospital issue because that has been a thorn in my side since it started, because especially here in California, that was the big argument at the very start of COVID. It's like, well, we have to lock down because the hospitals are going to get overwhelmed. So let's let's pretend that rights don't matter. This is obviously my priority is rights, but let's just pretend that rights were not even an issue here. If the same people who two years ago locked you down because they didn't have enough space in hospitals, two years later, haven't solved that problem. They've had two years to correct this issue and they still haven't done it. Why would you trust them? And hospitals aren't the only issue. Of course, it's been incident after incident where the authorities have proven incompetent in stopping the spread of COVID. And yet we're expected to keep trusting them whether it's a lie or whether it's just incompetence. I mean, I know which I think it is, but let's just give them benefit of the doubt. Even then, why would you continue to entrust your rights and your health and your freedom to these people? It doesn't, I don't see the logic there at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the drug war, right? Right. It's like, we got to stop the drug war. Well, you've had since Reagan to stop the drug war. I mean, actually Nixon. Nixon you've had yeah. from Nixon to stop the drug war. Mm-hmm. But what we find out, that the that the people who are shipping in the drugs are working with the people who are supposed to stop the drugs from getting mm-hmm. in, right? I mean, yep. same with the war on terror. They're going to go stop terror while they're funding terror. And like, and it's like you can find oh. this in any realm where government declares itself a savior or an authority. Don't forget domestic terrorists that are they're here everywhere. Of course, yeah, <laughs> the biggest threat in America. We need more <laughs> legislation and more surveillance and more police to stop it. It's the only solution. Yeah, cause a problem, be the solution. And that <laughs> seems to be their MO. And that's what, what makes me laugh about this January 6th stuff is that you literally just had an incident with a fake kidnapping of the governor of Michigan where 12 of the 15 people were not only like informants, but like the government was like, the FBI was paying for their like travel. Like, like you're trying, like the the government's going on travelocity and getting them tickets and paying for hotels to get this going. Like, like, I, I do not understand what's going on here. And the other fifteen were either homeless or had no, no money. You mean like the other Skid Road out of the like fifteen, the other, twelve? So the other three. The other three were either homeless or broke. It's like going to Skid Road and trying to get some of them to convince you to throw a party with you. Like, hey, let's go bomb something. We'll give you money and the idea. Right. And they do that to anybody who's vulnerable. They do it with terror attacks too. It's been like over a, well, I'm not positive if it's been a decade, but it has been many years since the FBI was exposed for finding vulnerable people and goading them into committing terror attacks. And they foil the terror attack. And they're like, look how competent we are. We saved you. Like, but they don't, 
happened to mention that, that it never would have happened if they hadn't gotten themselves involved and lured people into doing this. It's almost like a, a, a defensive coordinator taking credit for stopping his offense from scoring when they right. know all the plays. Right. Like we stopped you. Yeah. Cause you know, our plays and it's also, and it's happened over and over and over and over again. And it's, and it's just like, the problem is government. And the problem is like, there's no more accountability anymore. There is like, I mean, what, we're there's so much to get into first of all the, like there is a bloodbath going on in the woke liberal media right now you've had uh chris cuomo stepping down you've had uh brian uh, whatever his name who's the who uh, no uh, what's his name that start that ran cnn jeff zucker just stepped mm-hmm. down today and then uh rachel maddows is taking a uh it's taking some time off to make a movie. She's taking time off? Oh, my God, that's awesome. I can't stand that woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a movie. I can't be here uh, all the time, so I got to make a movie. Come on, man. That's just her trying to gracefully walk away because her brand is dead. And I it's all so. dying. And see, people are <laughs> super excited, but just know they're going to replace them with more people who are just going to oh. do the exact same thing. What is your take about the plague? that is misinformation right now. Like, how do you, how, how are you handling all this misinformation? Um, well, it's interesting because I've been much less involved in the news cycle since anti-media was banned because I just, I don't need to be as involved because I'm not covering the news every day, but it's been so, I mean, it's okay. So we were banned in 2018. We were never given a reason, but it was all under this umbrella policy and strategy of outlet or not outlets, but platforms like Facebook and Twitter being responsible for protecting the integrity of elections. And they banned us right before the midterms in 2018. We never were accused of spreading misinformation. We never got snoked. We never, you know, there was nothing there was nothing in our content that would have justified those kinds of bans. And yet it was still like, I heard people rationalize it by saying, well, we got to stop misinformation though. So, you know, if there's some collateral damage too bad, sorry, they lost their platform. And it's like, we were advocating things that liberals love to say they care about like peace and police accountability and corruption and cronyism, you know? Um, And that was, I think just two months after Alex Jones was banned. And that was sort of like the opening that was Pandora's the first box. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, they had been calling for censorship before that, but Alex Jones was really the first, I think that was kind of testing the water. So like, let's see what happens when we do this. Let's see what their response is. And there really wasn't that much opposition and there wasn't that much opposition when we were banned either. And now fast forward three or four years. And it's, it's just so easy for people to say that information they don't like is fake. And this comes from the conspiracy and anarchist and anti-authoritarian crowd too. It's just when they get their information wrong, it's inherently not as harmful because they're not using government to impose their views or their fears or their delusions on other people. And it's, I mean, the government has always lied. The media has lied for a very long time. It's documented history. The CIA has admitted to infiltrating the media. Like this isn't misinformation. Some people would say it is, but it's not. It's what these are people, they've already admitted to it. And I, it's just gotten like, sometimes I have to like question, like, am I living in reality right now? Because they go so hard with the accusations of misinformation. It's like, they're gaslighting people. And I, this is like, I'm not saying anything original or new here, but it really does feel like they're intentionally trying to make people feel crazy for questioning narratives. And what I like to say is I actually have a video coming out on this. I haven't finished it, but let's just say they're not lying. 
They're totally telling the truth about every single aspect of COVID. They really, really care. They're really just concerned for the health of the people. Even if that's true, it is so outrageous to then gaslight people for questioning things when it's coming from institutions that are documented liars. They have lied about everything. So even if they were telling the truth right now, they have absolutely no standing to shame people for questioning them. Like you made this bed. This is on you guys. It's not Joe Rogan's fault. It's not individuals fault for going against authoritarian policy. Yeah, they might be misguided. Maybe they have some false information, but it's such, again, a gaslight. And it, it just feels psychologically abusive to tell people they're crazy for questioning narratives, again, from corrupt known liars. It's, it's, it's really mind boggling. And it, it's been kind of, I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people, it's been scary to watch how easily so many people have slipped into that cognitive dissonance. Well, that started when they started uh, banning uh, flat earth. If you think flat earth is so dumb, then why ban it? Just let it be. Let these people be dumb. If it's, if, I know I can yeah, tell it's, you, you. It's crazy that it's just absolutely insanity. And if it's so bad, why are you afraid of it? If it drives you nuts, why is it? Why are you afraid of it? If it doesn't change your life, why are you afraid of it? What is that about that? What don't you want people to look into? If, if the facts are the facts, right? But why are you afraid to look into it? And well, the right. truth is, go on. Sorry. No, no, you know, go on. No, no, go on, go on, go on. No, you go. <laughs> I talk so much on this show. I would rather hear you, trust me. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I mean, what bothers me too is just the double standard because I can sit here and I can say, hmm, okay, well, the US government has been spreading misinformation. They spread misinformation about Iraq, about Syria. They're currently spreading, well, as far as I'm concerned, it's misinformation about what's going on in Yemen, where the US is now sending assistance to the United Arab Emirates who have been committing war crimes in Yemen for years. And I'm supposed to trust these people. They don't care if I say they're spreading misinformation that's literally getting people killed. They are blowing people up. They are starving people with sanctions. And then they're spreading misinformation about it, but they're not going to be held accountable for it. It's only people who spread information, which yeah, sometimes it is wrong. I'm not saying everything that goes against the, the official narratives is true. Definitely not. There's definitely bad information out there. But again, they're held to such a higher standard and to so much more accountability because they're going against the official story. Whereas if, if I went out there and I, in 2011, and was like, Gaddafi's got to go. He's a terrorist. You know, he's doing all these terrible things. And the only possible way to help humanity is to overthrow him. That wouldn't be questioned. And of course, disinformation and misinformation wasn't an issue as much back then. It wasn't as predominant in the narratives. But you're allowed to say things that are wrong as long as it goes along with what the government wants, with what the ruling class wants. And to me, that's the real issue here. It's not necessarily whether information is correct or not. Because obviously the standards aren't applied equally. And if you fuck up and you're part of the narrative, you just get suspended. Like Whoopi Goldberg exactly. just getting suspended. Exactly. For what she said, anybody else would have got canceled. Cancel her, mm -hmm. channel I mean, banned. She, she got suspended. Say? It's so she's, hilarious. Yeah. Like she's just <laughs> trying trying to be some like she's just trying to outwoke everybody. Something about the Holocaust wasn't about race or I don't even know what she was That's saying. That's what she said, right, right. Said I was, didn't bother It was white on white. She said it was white on white, so technically it's not about race. <laughs> I like, it's yeah. so funny, like, like when you're woke and you get, get canceled for being woke. And it's right. just like, I just think the view is the brand's dead and they're just figuring out ways to 
get rid of the old and bring in somebody new that oh god there's new people on now i can start watching the view the view i mean you can go back to norm mcdonald being on there back when he was having tv shows and barbara uh whatever her name is just Walter. being a garbage person who got to her place by slitting throats and being a scumbag and hanging out with just demonic people and, and just pushing a narrative for these people. That show has been nothing more than just the weaponized housewives. Just to what? sit there and push a narrative and just collect checks. And these people have lied left and right. And it just gets super interesting. So now we're getting into this place. I'd love to hear your opinion on there's this whole thing with Trevor Noah, Noah and how Black America has got behind Trevor Noah because uh, Jordan Peterson, who's from Canada, and Joe Rogan was discussing him. And even though I haven't listened to the actual conversation, that part, based on the Twitter, Black Twitter reaction, was that Joe Rogan, how can Joe Rogan tell a black man about a black man experience in America? And it just goes back to this identity politics that Trevor Noah and, you know, somebody living in, in the, the Chirac are having the exact same experience because of the color of their skin. And it's just not true at all. Do you have any thoughts on like identity politics and what is going on and the manipulation of the divide and conquer? Yeah, I mean, I did not see the Joe Rogan clip, so I'm, I'm not I'm actually not familiar with what you're talking about. Um, I think I may stray a little bit from like the the uh, even my own audience on this because I I do believe that there's such a thing as institutional racism. Like it's it's highly no, documented. No, 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 no. This is. Yeah. So, however, like what you're saying, like somebody in Chicago has a very different experience from Trevor Noah. So again, like, I think it comes down more to class issues. And I think police brutality does too. I'm not saying like, it's widely documented that black people are arrested for marijuana more than white people. Like these things are real, but I think that so much of the strategy and the tactic of people who genuinely want to help, it's become so antagonistic. And so like, I think they, there's a presumption of malevolence and bad intentions as opposed to a desire to actually educate, to include, you know, and that doesn't mean that I, I support all of the crazy socialist policies that some people think are the solutions to this. That's why I couldn't really get on board with the George Floyd protests. Like I completely supported their right and I opposed the same things they did, but their solutions by and large were more government. Take more government or take more money from people and have government, you know, launder it or filter it through and then give it back to people, you know, which obviously inevitably it leads to government corruption. Like you look at FDR and he had his own racist policies, yet he's this progressive hero. You can't have big government with a bunch of spending without inviting in the corruption that comes with power. Like you look at the internment of Japanese Americans, you look at FDR turning away Jewish refugees during the Holocaust. Like the way, I, and it always for me comes back to government. So no, I'm not into identity politics. It's just another form of collectivism. But again, if you want to be a collectivist, fine. It becomes an issue when you're forcing other people to comply with your views. And I think that's what's going on here as well. I, I you know, I just find it very interesting that uh, the policy that they're upset with is government and their solution is more government. 
Yeah, it's quite maddening. And it's also, I mean, it was frustrating because I was called out in 2020 over the George Floyd protests, even though I've been making videos on police brutality for a decade. I've been talking about this stuff for so long. I was, I had a news organization that covered it constantly. And yet, because I didn't go along with the collectivist narratives, because I didn't think that socialism was the solution, I I'm not saying that many people came after me, but I did see criticisms of me because I wasn't going along with the left-wing narrative of police brutality. And it's like, no, I care so much. I just have a different solution because when you look back at history, well, who's been the biggest perpetrator of racism? Oh, it was the government. It was the government institutionalizing it and literally codifying it. So forgive me if I don't trust that same institution to make it right. And again, this goes back to like every single issue we're talking about, the war on drugs, the war on terror. COVID, they keep failing and people keep saying, well, it's because they didn't have enough power. Well, how much more power are you going to give them? It's like this idea of like, well, we have to keep voting so we can elect the right people. Yeah. Did you think that you think everybody for generations has been intentionally electing the wrong people? You think that's what you think? <laughs> how are you going to change it? It's not it's not people's intentions. It's just the nature of power in government. I totally agree with that. And it's like I've had so many of my friends on my shows and I've discussed with them, you know, January 6th. And, you know, I, I they'll at the beginning of the conversation, they'll talk about institutional racism, which 100% exists. I mean, to the point, I, it's just mind-blowing that people don't see what, what happened. My whole issue with that narrative is that, that there's the civil rights movement has been weaponized mm -hmm. to think poor whites are inflicting everything on poor blacks and, and that rich blacks have the same experience as poor blacks. And right. I'm like, it's a class war. And Martin Luther King was talking about that before they took him out. And that's why and replaced with people who weaponized the civil rights movement and made people do white people. 100% have, have been a part of this, but the notion that it was poor blacks when it's always the same people, the elites, the elites of every group get get do all the chaos and then get the lower middle class and fight with each other all the time. A poor black and a poor white have more in common than their 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 elites of their groups. Okay, meaning that you know a poor and a white. So if you put a gangbanger and let's say a white supremacist in a room, right, a clan member, right, you put them in a room and you ask them why they why they join these groups. If they really got honest with you, they would say because they feel completely disenfranchised. They feel mm -hmm. like there's no hope in their life. And this was the only group that showed them love and brought them in and cared for them, mm -hmm. regardless of what you think. And the notion that a Ku Klux Klan guy is the worst thing, but a gangbanger is somehow, you know, some romanticized thing in movies when they're filling their <laughs> neighborhoods with drugs and they're shooting each other up. They're equally bad but they equally come from a place of just wanting to belong to somebody who cared i mean mm -hmm. it's just a fact and that and the weaponization has been the problem and the weaponization has happened by the elites who run the government and the notion that burning down middle class businesses is a way to burn down the system but then marching on the government where the system was created and enforced is some act of mutiny and should never happen to me is absolutely hilarious. Do you have any thoughts on January 6th? I have so many thoughts. And well, first, I just wanted, yes, I would love to share them. But first, I just want to touch on, I love that you talked about like 
whether they're joining the KKK or a gang, it comes down to this human need to feel heard and accepted and loved. And to me, I see that pattern with government, with democracy. People have been conditioned to believe that daddy government loves you and your representatives really care about you. And if they don't, you can vote them out and get someone who really does. And that goes on with Trump too. It's the same thing. So for me, it's so funny because I thought 1-6 was hilarious. It did not trigger me. I wasn't concerned about our sacred temple of democracy being desecrated or whatever Nancy Pelosi said. I love that it happened. I just think it's unfortunate that they went in trying to defend what in their minds, the constitution and you know the rightful victor of the election, daddy Trump, you know, like they're still going in. They're like, no, my authority figure won. It's me, we deserve to have the power. And yeah, I believe in their intentions, aside from, you know, potential feds who were there, obviously trying to rile people up. But as far as the people who went there sincerely and really thought that they were, you know, going to save Donald Trump's real and legitimate victory, like, thanks for playing. You got it wrong. You know, like, try again next time. Question the authority itself, because they're going into this Capitol building. And again, like, I really think a lot of them meant well, like they weren't in their minds, it wasn't a coup in their minds, they were saving the constitution, they weren't undermining it. But again, the problem for me is the constitution, because as much as I didn't have Trump derangement syndrome, my issues with him again, were like, he was a warmonger and the media praised him when he did it. Like they didn't have any real resistance to him and every, you know, the policies perpetuated that I think have the worst effect. He did that just like Biden's doing it now. However, that being said, they had every right to go in there. I don't care. It wasn't treason. And I just think it's so audacious that people in Congress now are acting like they have this moral high ground to oh prosecute my God. it. Like it's you people, you've, you've gotten the people $30 trillion in debt. You've empowered corrupt corporations. You've funded war crimes. You've spied on your own people. Like You've waged war on your own people for how many decades? And now you have the audacity. And I believe they actually, like in their minds, it's genuinely legitimate, but they have the audacity to then act like they're going to save democracy when they're the ones who have proved it's unworkable. I mean, it, just, yeah. it gets me worked up. <laughs> Dude, January 6th is the Kwanzaa of, of, uh, of major events, right? It's like this, <laughs> this the media and the politicians celebrate it and nobody mm -hmm. else does. Like, right. I don't know anybody who legitimately thinks Kwanzaa hey. is a real holiday, right? But you always see it, the news is always like, happy Kwanzaa. And they show like <laughs> one picture of like three people lighting candles and nobody even, and it's just like this narrative that they expected to be way worse, mm -hmm. way worse. Mm -hmm. And it just never, it's just not resonating. And they've moved forward with so much stuff that now that everything was easier when the masses and the elites desires matched up. But at some point, something changed, right? And the will of the people and the desires of the elites do not line up anymore, okay? I, I think it happened with weapons of mass destruction. And then the, the narrative of, of the media nonstop going after Trump. Now, on this show, we've said there's a lot of stuff they hate about Trump. His Zionism, full-on Zionist, uh, stopping free speech on campuses, banning uh, boycott, divest, sanction, okay? And what that represented, all right, giving more money to Dr. Uh, to Bill Gates, more money to Dr. Fauci, not getting rid of Fauci, okay, 
pushing these vaccines right now. Like there's so much to hate about putting like, dude, I think, I think that the, the stake in the, in the heart of that Donald Trump is some white knight is the fact that basically he put BlackRock in charge of our federal reserve. And after that, they funded everybody to the tune of trillions of dollars in which all these investment banks took and started buying up everybody's property at 20% above value. So now you're bidding against your own tax dollars and you have these people buying up everything, which fits into agenda, you know, the uh, 2030 world economic forums, you'll own nothing and love it. So Trump's there's tons of reason to hate Trump. And I'll sit there and tell everybody about that. The narrative was my whole thing with Q. I say it woke up a lot of people. They did. I can, people can hate it all they want to, but there's a lot of people that do not, that do not trust the system anymore because the things they heard from Q. Now, if you're waiting for Trump to save you, that seems to be the problem. But my, <laughs> my, 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 the funniest part is everybody uses the term Q tard fully deep throated Russiagate. And still to this day, if you really ask them, they would believe Putin and the Russians hacked the election. So I find it funny that they believed in fairy tales and white knights and all that stuff. But your thoughts on basically, I think the media's lost, the the freak out right now is that the media's lost any chance of manipulating people. Mm -hmm. We've seen it with Iran and uh, Iran, uh, Iran with Trump and now the Ukraine, Nobody's into it anymore. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's amazing. And it's been going on for a long time. Like if if you go back through polls way before COVID, even way before like weapons of mass destruction, they've they've charted trust in media for decades now. And it it's funny, it, it's it's been dwindling for decades, but it always uh, the distrust peaks during election years, which I think is wonderful because as it should, that's when they're pushing the most propaganda. But I think it's uh it's very heartening that people are questioning things so much. And I mean, my news organization was literally called the anti-media and people liked it because the media has given us every reason to distrust them. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, when I was doing independent media, I was very frustrated with the quality of reporting and research. And I think there's a lot to be desired there. However, it's very exciting that people are looking for other, other sources of information because I, I, there are some people who are like, if the media says that it's not true, I don't think that's true. Obviously, like, again, I, I like to, to live in the gray area where, yeah, sometimes they do report truth. I mean, that's some of it. I'm not saying, but however, it's usually couched in narratives and propaganda and you have to scroll down seven paragraphs to find the actual truth, which is kind of different from what the headline said. You know, this is all just par for the course and independent media does that too. But again, one is simping for the establishment and and creating like hypnotic propaganda to get people to comply whereas usually in the independent media they're at least anti-authoritarian usually not always i mean there were a lot of big uh independent sources that went all in for trump which i think is very misguided but i think it's a great sign and ultimately it's so funny because people are so angry especially on the left you know they're so upset about misinformation and something needs to be done and it's like okay, well, wait a minute, who educated these people you're accusing of being unable to discern fact from fiction? Uh, public schools? Huh. <laughs> I wonder if there's something wrong with the entire way people are taught. And now you see these headlines, which is like, don't do your own research. Don't go down the rabbit hole. It's not safe. Unbelievable. It's like right. straight up 1984. Like exactly. Titles. 
And basically what they're admitting to is uh, we failed to educate people correctly, you know, and this is, of course, if you're looking at it from the perspective of people who actually believe in the the trustworthiness of the mainstream media, you know, because they believe it's not safe to look at other sources and they genuinely believe they're the ones who know how to do research. But it's just it's uh, it's after doing this for so long and you kind of just have to learn to laugh at it, I guess, because otherwise it gets too depressing. But it, I mean, it is kind of funny just to watch these people be so hysterical and really what they're doing, they're, their criticisms amount to an indictment of the very system that they're trying to perpetuate and uphold and make even more powerful. When, when you hear the death of the U.S. empire, what does that mean to you? Um... That's a good question. I think it's been, it's like a slow motion suicide, really. But I mean, to me, it's the-, the What does that look like to you? Well, that's the thing is, I would love for it to just sort of disintegrate on its own. But unfortunately, it looks like it's going to be, well, okay. What I will give credit to Joe Biden for is airstrikes have decreased a lot since he took office. And I know a lot of people on the right view that as like a terrible thing to do because they got to keep bombing the terrorists. You know, for me- as an anti-war activist, I think it's fantastic because you're bombing fewer children who are then, one, it's wrong to bomb children, two, strategically, they then, you know, a kid loses their parent in a drone strike and they grow up and they want to kill U.S. soldiers, obviously. Yeah. This is very clear. It's like, We've it's, committed genocide. I mean, right, that exactly. has to be, we exactly. need, there will be a reckoning. There exactly. will be. But I do fear, I mean, I don't like to live in fear, but it's just it's a figure of speech. Like, I do fear that Sure, Joe Biden ended the war in Afghanistan. Did he really, like, there's still economic sanctions and people are starving. So did he really end it? Uh, I don't know. They're still in Syria. Now they're increasing support in Yemen after Yemen promised to, to withdraw support. He's arming the Saudis. He armed the United Arab Emirates. Now he's sending, I think, a fighter ship to go protect the UAE. I mean, unfortunately, it may be a little bit more of a spectacular end than I would like, uh, just because the U.S. keeps driving itself further into debt, further into supporting very questionable groups. Like the Saudis and the United Arab Emirates are not, they don't stand in uh, upon the principles of democracy, which is something, just to bring it back to Trump, like Trump armed the Saudis. And there's documentation of him saying before the 2016 election, he thinks the Saudis did 9-11. And then he's like, oh, I'm, we're arming them. This is wonderful for our country, you know? And they've, they're they documented to have been spreading their extremist sect of Islam around the world, funding it, outsourcing it, creating schools to spread it. <laughs> and then they're going to go protect them and protect the United Arab Emirates. And so it's, I think it has, as much as I, I was actually, it's weird because I'm happy that the wars are ending, but then I'm like, God damn it, Joe Biden, why'd you have to go do something? You know, you're hurting my point, you know, by, by ending the war or by imposing fewer airstrikes. But at the same time, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, fact check me, but I think I saw him floating the idea that they need more drone strikes. And that's the solution to US imperialism. He didn't use the term imperialism, but drone strikes? You mean like what was killing 90% oh, civilians when Obama was in office? Yeah, and that's well, the solution? I mean, is Obama running everything? There's there's a good argument right. that it's not even Joe Biden. It's just of Obama course. getting a third term. <laughs> right. And yeah, who, it's anybody's guess at this point. But as far as the death of the American empire, I do think it unfortunately is going to come just because it's destruction from the inside. They're doing it to themselves. And unfortunately, they're doing it to us too. But I do think it's going to get rather messy before it gets better. But, you know, I, I, we've talked about this before, but I personally think this might be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have had 
our government, our military hijacked by international bankers, turned into stormtroopers. I'm sorry. I have no problems with people joining the military because they want to get a better life or they want to protect what they believe is our freedom and our democracy. But are these dark arts occultics who run our fucking military, run our government, have used our sons and daughters as freaking stormtroopers to go and just kick in doors of brown people and just commit genocide. It's the truth. It's the 100% truth. Our, when was the last time we, our military, stopped something bad? I mean, they let 9-11 happen, right? We've had two elections just jacked. Sorry, Johnny, still my belief, even after your weak-ass argument. Wait, wait, hold okay. on. No, no, dude, I was the one that told you that election was going to be jacked back when you thought that he wasn't going to win. I, I told okay. you that. I just think right. that way All more right. people— I think you're trying to save face in front of our guests, but that's what, fine. Well, how how can right? you say that when I won money from you saying that the election was going to be fixed and he was going to win? Okay. You okay. lost that. A lot of money. Okay. A lot of money. A lot, a lot from money. all like of 100 you. Bucks. Like 100 bucks. <laughs> no, no, bucks. no. I won like two grand okay. from everybody. Betting. Okay. Yeah. We've had a president assassinated. We had another president uh, attempted to be assassinated. We've had our government like uh, flood our, our ghettos with crack cocaine. And one person's gone to jail, Oliver North. And we all know he was his patsy. Okay. So what, have, what has our law enforcement done? What has our, what has our military done? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And again, it's not against the personnel. They're doing what they're told. What has the leadership done? They've done nothing. They've done nothing. So you can you can do everything at the Super Bowl. So, oh, this is Lieutenant Dan, and he's waving to everybody. And poor people, if you want to be treated like this, you should join our death cult, where we're going to go have you go kill people that didn't do anything to you and never was a threat to our democracy. It's just disgusting. And I think that's what the death of the empire will be. The end of this imperialism where they, this, these international bankers use our sons and daughters to fucking strong arm people to give us their natural resources. And I don't know what crypto represents, but it's a better fucking system than the IMF and the WBO that I don't trust as far as I can kick them. So well, that's you, my favorite. Oh, no, go ahead. Go on. No, 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 go. I was going to say that's my favorite uh, establishment criticism of cryptocurrency is that, oh, terrorists are going to use it in somewhere drug dealers. And I'm like, wait, I'm old enough to remember when HSBC was fined or something for laundering money for drug yeah. cartels. <laughs> and there was another instance of them laundering money for terrorist organizations. So I'm like, hold on. Your, your criticism is that cryptocurrency might allow what the U.S. dollar has been doing forever. Oh, forever. no. <laughs> yeah. For Ever. I right. mean, like, just, I mean, straight up, Benghazi was about cleaning up all the paper trail from the fact that we, Obama, Hillary, and John McCain basically formed ISIS. I mean, it's right there. I mean, you have videos of ISIS leaders going, hey, man, if you don't send us money, we're going to fucking stop this whole thing. I mean, it's all right there. I mean, right. like, it's so, it's so funny. Trump tried to stop, so he said, try to stop. The funny of ISIS, like, what do you do? Walk down to the office where their <laughs> payroll was and say, hey, quit it. I mean, it's so obvious. We funded everything. We've well, created and, the problem yeah. and the solution. Well, and the thing is, too, the Saudis were very much responsible for the creation of ISIS because of the spread of their, I don't, I always say it wrong, but Wahhabists, their ideology. And there's so many factors. It's like, okay, ISIS never would have even happened if the U.S. hadn't invaded Iraq. Like, all, it's all of these policy decisions. And this is benefit of the doubt. This is just they're incompetent. Let, let's just pretend that they don't do sinister things and they don't 
They don't make decisions that facilitate and help them create their propaganda to justify their policies. Let's just say they're incompetent. Even then, however, I don't think it's incompetent to be funding a regime that beheads people for protesting. You know, yes. like the, the, it gets it gets to a point where I struggle even with the the hypothetical of incompetence versus sinister intentions. But again, it always comes back to the policies they're perpetuating in all of these countries, and then they come back and they propagandize it. And they say that if you question it, it's because you're just misinformed. You're a victim of misinformation because you don't trust lies from known war criminals who have never been held accountable ever. Yeah, I completely and utterly agree. And if you, I mean, we've been, we felt we funded Al Qaeda. Why wouldn't, exactly. you know, I mean, I got kicked off. I got a strike on Instagram because I put a story up that Osama bin Laden was a, a CIA agent. And it's just a fact. It's a literal fact. And then you take a look at Israel. Israel, I mean, they created Hamas. I think it was, uh, what was it? Qatar. Qatar was, is funding Hamas. And that Prime Minister Netanyahu had to go tell them, please keep funding them. So let me get this right. The Palestinians who have no money, no guns, their electricity, their water, their power, where they can go, where they can't go, all controlled by Israel are going to loft rockets into Israel so that the fucking heavens come and fucking bomb them. Is that, is that what you want me to believe? For the right. first time in the history of time, the people with no money, no guns, no power are the bad guys. Is that what you want exactly. me to believe? Exactly. Exactly. People who are being occupied by a military powerhouse that is armed to the teeth by the world's greatest superpower no they're the enemy here they're they just hate jews it's not that they might not want to be living in an open-air prison or they might be tired of being constantly oppressed for decades now and having their land stolen no 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 no, no. they just hate jews that's the only possible explanation <laughs> and it's the just same the thing accepted. go on same sorry. thing with the same thing with the cartel do you think the cartel mexico's they, they got gun factories you think el salvador has gun factories where do you think those guns come from fast and furious obama's favorite famous fast and furious they gave them to them and they use them against the same people against own americans they're getting shot border patrol agents are getting shot with american guns where else would they be coming from? Jesus, no one else has factories shit. yeah so let's so as we uh i would like to get in because we've talked about all the chaos going on how are you look incredibly calm during all this, <laughs> right? I mean, we're screaming, you're just smiling because you seem to have a nice kind of energy and balance. Is there a spiritual aspect to your life and what you're doing to deal with this whole thing? Absolutely, definitely. Uh, I think it's actually really important to the, the long-term evolution and survival of the human race, honestly, because when I first started making videos, I didn't have any kind of spiritual connection or practice and you can watch them. I'm very angry. Like I kind of cringe when I look back and see the old videos because I mean, yeah, the anger is completely justified, but it's not really a fun place to live when you're that reactive. And I think it's healthy to have this reaction, to be disturbed and angry and totally outraged by what's going on. But what's like, for me, it comes down to the idea of freedom, like, okay, I want to be free from physical constraints and from authoritarianism and from those who would violate my rights in the human realm. But if I'm constantly reactive and angry, I'm not really free. If I'm a slave to my emotions, however justified they might be. So I've had to kind of learn to create space for the feelings of outrage and anger, as opposed to letting them run me. So I got into yoga actually quite a while ago, it was 2013. I started doing yoga and that was my first 
connection to something outside the physical world. I was like, wait, I actually feel connected to myself. I feel calm. I and love yoga. Me too. I'm actually a certified yoga teacher. I don't teach something. <laughs> I loved it that much. I was like, I got to do this more. I have to learn. And it was, it was so helpful. It was my first step toward med. I mean, it's meditation when ultimately when you're focusing on your breath and you're making a point to be present, that's meditation. And the physicality of yoga really helps to facilitate that. But I also meditate daily now. I'm doing that for seven, six or seven years. And it's, it's not because I'm so great. It's that I like, or I'm so dedicated to spiritual practice. It's like, well, I need it. If I don't meditate in the morning, I'm going to have an irritable ass day. I'm going to be really reactive and everything's going to annoy me. So it's worth it to me to sit down, take some time, breathe. And through Mm -hmm. that practice, I've learned to be able to have a better container and hold space better for the feelings of anger and honestly rage when they do come up. Because again, like I don't think it's wrong to be angry about what's going on. I think that's totally valid. But I think if we get caught in the anger and we end up like dehumanizing others in the process, however understandable the anger is, we're ultimately just feeding back into the divide and conquer narrative. And for me, it's been really important to understand that the people, not the people, well, no, the people in government too, like these people who would violate our rights and take our liberty deep down they're propagandized they're victims of the programming themselves so having compassion for that oh that's my opinion on israelis like oh totally they've been bombarded yeah with just fear like i mean israel is Mm -hmm. la down to san diego that's how Mm -hmm. small israel is Mm -hmm. and all the money goes in there they are bombarded Mm -hmm. bombarded with propaganda and Mm -hmm. i'm sorry dude I mean, I, I didn't mean to call you, dude. I'm sorry, <laughs> no, everybody like <laughs> listening. Okay. Um, with, the, with them having four shots, who knows when they're going to ask for their fifth booster in such a, you got to ask yourself what is going on over there. Okay. Because if you think it's just one for all and all for one, which is my whole argument about any group, they're not the Borg. They don't move as one. There are people in every group that are shady motherfuckers that are wolves in sheep clothing. And they, like, dude, the fact that they're supposed to be on one solidarity group and they just keep making each other get this fucking booster. And you hear from Israelis that the freaking ambulances are going all the time over there. All the time. Makes you understand that there's something else going on in Israel. Well, I find it. So when I was in college, I took a whole series on, it was called the third Reich and Jews. And it was taught by a very old professor whose parents had died in the Holocaust, but they had managed to get him out of Prague and send him to France or something. And he survived, but he had been an early supporter of Israel when the state of Israel had formed. And by the time I took his class, he was not anymore. Like he was completely opposed to their policies. I don't know how vocal he was about it, but at least he told us as a class, like, like, I don't, I no longer support the Israeli government, but he had a very interesting insight where he said, one of the big motives and goals of the Israeli government when it was formed was to project strength and to be like this super domineering, like you're never going to slaughter us again type of mentality. Um, so for what he mentioned was the day um, there, I think it's like the, is their Holocaust Memorial Day, or it's either like some commemoration of the creation of Israel or it's a Memorial Day. I, it's one or the other, but they made it on the day of the uprising in one of the ghettos during World War II, like in Nazi Germany, which is very cool, but it's so ironic because now they're the ones doing the oppressing. 
So like, I'm all about rising up against violent governments that are, are, are persecuting you, but it's unfortunate that that mentality, and it, it would have happened with any kind of government because that's my view on the nature of government. But the fact that it's done in such a way that you have people whose family members were killed by a government because of who they were are completely fine sending a violent government to go kill people because of who they are, to go take their land, to steal their property, to abuse them. And you see it like settlers commit the violence themselves, but they're emboldened by a government that says, you're just, you have every right to take these people's land. You belong here, whatever. And it's uh, it's an unfortunate, you know, it's again, it's not that I'm Jewish. I mean, I don't, I'm not a practicing Jew, but it's in my family history. I have family that was killed in the Holocaust because they didn't leave. I have family that saw the situation, they're like, we're going to America and their sisters wouldn't come and they all died in the Holocaust. As far as I know, according to our family genealogy, that's what happened. So it's unfortunate to see people who literally lost family members to this, then rationalizing it. And it's because you know, it's funny because there's this, there's this mentality of like, oh, we're strong. We're not going to be harmed again. But then there's such a deep current of victimhood entrenched in, in the, the culture of Zionism. It's like, well, we deserve this because we've been mistreated. Therefore we get to mistreat other people. And it's just the circular logic. And I'm, at this point, I'm just repeating myself, but it's, it's particularly sad to watch, especially because like, yeah, Jews have been persecuted, of course. And it's the statism that then comes in and allows them to say like, no, we have a right to, to then mistreat other people, to redeem ourselves, to make sure that we get our vengeance and we get what's owed to us because of government. So therefore we deserve a government that does the same thing. Ugh, drives me nuts. I actually filmed a second Israel video and then my memory card broke and I have to refilm half of it, uh, but it it's in the works. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, uh, it's just my whole thing about, it's just like not all Jews are Zionists, not all Zionists are Jews. Mm-hmm. And And, you know, Jewish supremacy is as bad as white supremacy. There are people out there. Anybody who wants to be like my people are the the important people and everybody else can kick rocks like that's a real problem because I personally believe in the one universal consciousness that we are all a variable of the universe. So Mm -hmm. Jews, Palestinians, Islams, trans, whites, white males, whatever is, you know, the boogeyman from your perspective, they're part of the universe, man. And the people at the top are manipulating them and making other people boogeymen. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I just think at the higher levels, there's these elites that want everybody to be mad at Jews. Right. And they're empowering these. They're funding these Zionists to do all this dirty work. When in reality, there's black nobility, the royal family. I mean, if you listen to um, Tragedy and Hope, I mean, in the book, he talks about how the British royals funded Hitler. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. like you get into that whole stuff. You like there's layers of this shit. And I always tell Jews like, oh, dude, you're middle management. You just don't know it. And they go, you know, but it's just the truth, man. Mm -hmm. And it's like my whole thing with trans agenda. There's not enough trans in the world to warrant this amount that they're on television. Well, guess who would like you to be mad trans? In my humble opinion, pedophiles. They want pedophiles, don't want you looking at trans, don't want you looking at them. So they want you all mad at trans who are just probably as like unempowered as you could ever get. I mean, they just want to live their lives and they're being, and you got these opportunists, just like every group has opportunists who are willing to step in and muck it up for dollars and power. And it happens all the time. And if we don't get to this universal consciousness where, you know, love thy neighbor is the most important thing ever. And it's like, don't look for 
the differences. Look for the similarities, man. Where are the similarities? Where's the love? Where's all that stuff? And I think that's the most empowering. So this is this is a conspiracy podcast. So you you obviously you we we align on a lot of uh you know uh the military industrial complex, government, state funded media, and all that stuff. But do you ever go into the murky waters of other stuff of conspiracy? Are you in the Bigfoot, time traveling, <laughs> Operation Looking Glass? Are you into any of that? You know, uh, MK Ultra, any of that stuff? Does, do you ever study any of that? I do. I have taken a different approach to my public content. Because what I, so my approach to all of this is not, I, I don't, I don't hate conspiracy theories. I think a lot of them have been proven true. I think there's a pretty good track record on a lot of the conspiracy theories. But I think the approach I've taken, especially when I was running the antimedia.org, is we don't really have to go there because what they admit to is so bad. Okay. And I've always kind of just drawn from the well of like, what they're, look at what they're willing to admit to. This should make your blood run cold, the things they do and have declassified and let people know. So of course, I think it's true that there's so much worse that they're not willing to admit to that little crumbs are there, you know, of course, but I, I, I've always taken the approach. And I think this really worked for anti-media where, and some people might hate me for this, but we would always source to mainstream news articles because we're like, oh, okay, you want to, you want to see what's going on? You don't, you don't trust this independent news source. You want it, you want a legitimate source. Here you go. Here's CBS, go down to the eighth paragraph where they're acknowledging it. Look what the New York times is acknowledging. And these are both of these especially are outlets that like worked with the CIA. It's not in dispute. Bob Wood or no, Carl Bernstein reported on this in the seventies for Rolling Stone. It was admitted to. It's all extremely well known. There's another book called Legacy of Ashes by a former New York Times journalist, um, Tim Weiner. And it, it it's like Alan Dulles could call, call up the editor of the Washington Post and have him change a story. And this is in the fifties. What else do you think they've done? Like how have they refined their tactics since then? And this is again, what they're admitting to. So I like to, to go from that pool, but I don't think that means that no conspiracy theory is true. I think I do get frustrated with the assumptions of certainty in the conspiracy theory crowd where there isn't always enough evidence to back it up, but I will always side with the spirit of asking questions and questioning authority over believe what we tell you or you're a racist, you know, like, and repeat what we tell you or you're a Nazi, obviously. And it was, it was interesting because the media has been pushing conspiracy theories constantly, like with the Russia stuff. And it's, it's just so crazy, the power of it, because in 2016, the Washington posted a hit piece on independent media saying that there was a huge Russian effort to spread fake news ahead of the election and help Donald Trump get elected. And the anti-media ended up on this list by an anonymous organization, which is, that's not journalism. You don't cite anonymous groups where you can't even identify the people giving you the information, yet they did it. And I'm on this list, and this was six years ago now. And I looked at it and I had to stop and be like, wait, are we idiots for Russia? Do we post Russian propaganda? And I had to be like, wait, no, don't. Like, they're getting into your head to the point where it's like, I'm questioning my own integrity because of the power of this machine. And now I've kind of gone off on a tangent, but it, it's all just- No, it's great. Like, it's, I, I think the biggest conspiracy theories are the ones perpetuated by the government. And I'm actually working on a video. I started writing a video today about the most dangerous conspiracy theory being that you believe that these people in power care about you. That's what gets the most people killed across That's history. That's so true, man. It's unbelievable, right? Like the pharmaceutical companies, the government kills cares about you. They literally yes. faked it all. 
false flag attack in the Gulf of Tonkin so they could go and commit war crimes and steal all of Vietnam's uh, poppy fields. That's the same thing they did in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. The whole point of Afghanistan was to go in there and steal all those poppy fields. That's it. And innocent people die. Every time innocent people die. And this is the nature of government. What is your take on this? I mean, they'll take out their own homie. They took out Jeffrey Epstein. I want to get into that. What is your thought? Real quick. We'll get into Epstein in two seconds. What's your take on being a spiritual person, Mm -hmm. right? What is your take on this UFO disclosure? Because personally, me, I'm I'm like interdimensional people don't come here in, in cigar ships. That they uh they come through dimensions and portals and all that stuff because this is around what is what is your take on the UFOs and all that stuff and where we live? Where we live, like human form in the 3D of planet Earth, or like do you believe in dimensions? Do you think we're just hurling through space? Do you believe that there's multiple dimensions and there's entities from all these different dimensions? Or you can believe whatever you want. What do you believe? Yeah, I mean, I don't have I like to think I, I, I don't have all the, like, I am aware that I don't know everything. I have my own private spiritual beliefs. I'm very into energies and I don't think energies are limited to existence in the human body. You know, like my soul is not, is not, it, its existence is not contingent upon Carrie Wedler being here. You know, like after Carrie Wedler dies, my soul's going somewhere else. My, the energy Respect. of my being. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there are plenty of people who think I'm just some crazy Californian talking about, you know, hippy dippy energy and shit, but sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss. You might have to bleep that out. Um, no, we're, but, please fucking we're gross. good. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. As far as UFOs, I mean, I think it would be silly to pretend they don't exist. Um, however, I do question the, the way the government has been leaking information about it. <laughs> I don't know that it's all, it's just because they care about humanity being informed. Like who knows what they're up to? I don't know. I can't say with certainty, but I know I don't trust, I don't trust them to give us information about it, nor would I trust them to commune with, with alien species, you know, but um, I, 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 I'm into that universal consciousness, you know, whether it's energy and it's spirit and it's, it's, it's love ultimately. And again, I know that sounds to some people naive, but I don't know how's fear and hatred been working out for humanity. You know, those are the emotions that the state thrives on that authoritarians feed off in order to keep their power and keep people divided and conquer them. So as much as I feel a pretty intense repulsion towards a lot of the people advocating that I lose my freedom, that I'm banned from a restaurant because I don't have the vaccine, like as much as I feel as far as I'm concerned, justifiable anger toward them, I do genuinely try to practice compassion and love in my own life. And I think just, I, I know I'm kind of rambling now, but that's something I really try to stress is having compassion for people doesn't mean submitting to them. You can have compassion for somebody who wants to use government to oppress you and still not submit. It's just a matter of setting your own heart free. So you're not caught in the same hatred that they're locked into, because that's what drives their desire to take your rights and make you submit. So, so we that's a great answer by the way so we are now which seems to be just over the Ghislaine Maxwell trial nothing's happening nobody's talking about it it was the biggest thing so big that they didn't want uh to show the trial because it was so the details were so sordid we our little minds couldn't handle it even though we as a society helped Pornhub get 
to the uh, 500 million subscribers quicker than any other website <laughs> in the history of websites. But, you know, we can't handle these these stories. And now it seems to be completely out of the thing, out of, out of the uh, even social media, even even independent people don't seem to be talking about this situation. What's your whole take on Jeffrey Epstein, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, all that stuff? Well, another elite gets caught doing shady shit. Um, I am aware that both of them were connected, I think, to Israeli intelligence, right? I'm yeah, not super well-versed on this, so I, I'm just going to put it out there. That's something I need to research more myself, but um, I, I do believe Epstein didn't kill himself. I know maybe that makes me a conspiracy theorist, but I don't know. I find it a little own hard to it, believe. Own it. I know. Especially, you, boo. <laughs> well, it's also just like, not that I'm speaking from a place of proof, but like narcissists don't kill themselves like that. Like somebody who has that, uh, delusion of grandeur, although, I mean, he really did have a lot of power. Like th that's not, you don't kill yourself, but as far as the yeah. trial went, um, I think she's going to appeal. I've been waiting to see, because I actually wrote a video that I haven't filmed yet because I was waiting to see what came of it. But as far as I was concerned, like, okay, cool. She's convicted. And what is, this is a slap on the wrist to all of these people. It's like when you find a bank for doing shady shit, you know, and they still have all their power. It's all a show. I'm not saying it's intended to make people believe the system works, but that's the the byproduct. And that was my concern over her guilty conviction or yeah, her guilty. Not that I wanted her to be found not guilty, obviously, like she's guilty. But uh, I think for a lot of people, maybe like the QAnon types who still believe in the constitution, who still believe that that's like, a, and I'm, not, I'm not questioning their sincerity. I mean, I believe they, they really believe this, but all that did, and it was right after the Rittenhouse verdict too, or not right after, but you know, they, they came together. I think that unfortunately reinforced the idea that American governance and the justice, justice system actually does work. When in fact, the people that Maxwell was working with and servicing they're not going to be held accountable. They never will. They they maintain their control on the levers of power. So I, my angle on the video that I did not film, but I might be filming depending on how the appeal goes. It. I, I mean, it's all the same thing. They get slaps on the wrist. Cops get slaps on the wrist too for their brutality. And then what happens? They keep doing it because the center of power remains violence and control. And they're going to cling to that as much as possible. And they're also going to do their best to make it seem legitimate to the masses. And I think that that's what happened there. Although I know there was a weird thing with the juror who said, you know, they, they lied about their own sexual trauma. And then I think that's what they're going to be using to file the appeal. Um, but it, well, you know, what's so funny about that whole thing is just like, you know, they're like, Oh, the defense isn't doing well. You're like, yeah. Cause she's as guilty as you possibly can be. Like, right. what do you want the defense to do? I don't know. Like what hell Mary Pat. And like, I get it. Like if I was her, I'd be like, yeah, dude, let's just appeal this thing. What is going to change? I mean, unless right. you just go on a killing spree, like Kevin Spacey did, which is definitely in the cards. It could, <laughs> there's no way. Ghislaine Maxwell's family is going to allow her to rot in jail. There's right. no way. There's no way they're too powerful. They've they are they are spies at the highest levels at the highest levels of power. They they do the work of the masters of mankind. There's no way with that power and that money they are going to allow their sister to rot in jail. What is the purpose of having all that money and having all that power if you can't get your sister? which looks like the baby girl of the group 
yeah. out of a jail with peasants. Right. I, I just don't see how it happens. Right. And I mean, and it's possible that there is some, and I'm not saying it is this way, I'm just saying it's possible that there is this conspiracy to use her as the fall guy. Obviously, it's like, well, let's just make it like, yeah, we care. We're going to hold her accountable. She was so evil and she was evil. Um, but but her family went to every day of that trial. Like, if they didn't show up, I'd be like, oh, dude, right. <laughs> she's done. Right. They're exactly. not even showing up. But they showed up every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And like, regardless of what you think about them, and they are scumbags, right? They still care about their sister, mm-hmm. which makes me go, there's no way this ends with her doing any long amount of time in no prison. Way. I just mm-hmm. don't. They'll, they'll have a fake shanking of her. Oh, she got shanked. <laughs> and they get her out, plastic surgery. And she, now she's hanging out in the Bahamas, you know, with Snoop Dogg. I mean, with uh, fucking Tupac and Biggie. Right. So final question, mm-hmm. final question. Is there any, and like, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Is there any like conspiracy out there, which you like to, let's say you don't necessarily, I'm not going to make you say what you believe in, but okay. maybe you love to talk, like hear about like a, like a Bigfoot or a time travel or any of that stuff, which would maybe interest you, maybe Paul McCartney's, died and they got different guys or any of those that you're you just a kind of like a guilty pleasure that you like to check out mm, that's a good question let me think i ask good questions <laughs> you, you do have flat earth behind you uh do you have- <laughs> It's flat. It's, not, no, it's, it's even, pretty flat. It's even worse, it's a borderless map. There's no borders on it because I don't oh, believe snaps. in the national oh, governments. <laughs> I've triggered the anti-globalists. Um, let me think. Are there any conspiracies? Let me think across history. Mm. Like the, 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 the royals are reptilians. The Pope is, is into Satanism. Anything weird? Mm. Yoga, yoga is to bring in dark arts. Like I've, like there was a this city that I banned saw that. yoga. Right? I You're saw like, that, what? and they say it's like a cult something. I mean, I've been doing it for almost a decade, and I'm still good. I think, although I've maybe I've been unconsciously hijacked, and I'm acting as a force <laughs> of Satan or something. I don't know. Um, I think. I feel like all of my favorite conspiracy theories are like they're true you know because there was a time when saying that Saddam Hussein didn't have weapons of mass destruction was a conspiracy theory you know how about Uh, landing on the moon are you a big moon lander person which is fine you can believe whatever you want is that your thoughts that's one that really makes me wonder I will say I saw a movie once and it was a movie it wasn't a documentary I don't know if I can't remember the name it was years ago and, but I remember watching and being like, huh, this wouldn't be too hard to fake. And this is not Carrie Wedler saying she thinks the moon landing was faked, just to be clear. I okay. just think, I just it's think there's something, it's, I find it interesting. Yeah. Okay. And I have not done my due diligence. I haven't researched anything. I just think it's interesting. I love it. And I, I, I Carrie, <laughs> you should come on our show once in a while, hang out and just listen to some weirdos say some weird stuff and <laughs> see what your reaction would be. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. Do you have a podcast or anything? I don't have a podcast. What I just are you have doing? my I have my YouTube channel. You can find me there. It's Carrie Wedler. I'm on Instagram. I think I'm gonna rejoin TikTok. I did get banned for what I believe is no reason back in December. I kept getting flagged and then they just delete. I I logged in one day 
I opened TikTok one day and it was like, your account, account has been banned due to repeated violations. And my only option was log out. Like there's no appeal. It's just like, goodbye, you're gone. Yeah, it's the Chinese government. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. We don't put up with you. Exactly. We, I'm going to try to sneak back on though. We'll no likey likey. <laughs> um, Carrie, thank you for coming on. We really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. I've been wanting to do this conversation. And listen, anytime you can, come join us on the show, hang out and listen to some weird stuff, man. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation. And it's, you know, I think I may not agree with everything you guys talk about, but I think it's important to have That's these conversations. The fun stuff. Exactly. And it's important just to, to like explore what, what's potentially really going on because whatever you believe about conspiracy theories, I think most people can agree that whatever's really going on is not what the government is telling us. Like yeah. that's all I know for sure. They're lying. I and can't are- wait to find out that Bigfoot is bisexual. That's a big, big moment. <laughs> I'll get back to you when I get there. <laughs> Thank you, Carrie, for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope to see you in Las Vegas, February 19th. And I, New, New, New Orleans, we got New Orleans, we got Nashville, and we got Gaines. Uh, we got um, Georgia coming up, Jefferson, Georgia. Grab your ticket to samtriple.com. Hope to meet everybody. See you there. I love you guys very much. Carrie, don't hang up. I love you guys very much, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. We go deep, homeboy. open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude. You just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hacked. Tim Foyle hacked.